Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. We are live. Welcome back to the Lark Cast. We're back and we're better than ever. Why? Why do you say that, Tony? Why do you say we're back and better than ever? Well, audience with one voice who asked that question, we have upgraded microphones. That's right. Mm-hmm. The Lark Cast has upgraded its equipment. We have upgraded microphones. Still the same crappy hosts, mm, yeah, but upgraded I microphones. I don't I don't know if there's anything we can do about about the about the host part. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we're making it though. We're making it happen. But we do have we're uh we're moving on up in the world. So yeah, hopefully we sound crisper, cleaner, clearer. Russ is dinking around with some chords here. Never, it never <laughs> fails, dude. <laughs> Just never ever fails. We're like, okay, you ready? Hit record. And as soon as you hit record, what did you do? You found out your computer wasn't plugged in, you're low on battery. It, it just you have to just laugh at it, man. There's there's days that I'm just just confession between us two and audience with one voice. It's probably at least once a week, man, that it takes every bit, every bit of who I am to not throw this computer through a wall. <laughs> at least once a week. That's funny. And what what I love is that you you blame you blame technology when it's really just your fault for not plugging your computer in. But um yeah, no, like, and I think it's it's kind of funny that I was like, hey, you know, we got upgraded microphones, but still the same crappy host. And then there was an example right there of like, we started the podcast. Like, oh, crap. I forgot to plug my computer in. This thing's about to die. Yeah. But when you, when you mentioned crappy host, I thought you were talking about you. Oh yeah. No, I'm the, I'm like the chief crappy host. You're definitely the star of the show, dude. No doubt about it. <laughs> Everybody that I talk to is like, yeah, like you're there. Like, that's cool or whatever. You like added like a, you know, a quick funny here and there. But like Russ is like, he's he's it. He's it. Oh, I don't. That's all my my friends say that they all say that they Uh, all want your autograph, too. When you come back into town. Yeah, man. Well, I've been uh, I've been on this pursuit here recently of uh, trying to find a little side cash to get my bumpers chromed on this old truck of mine yeah so i could possibly set up a booth man you could sell some pictures some mm-hmm. autographs in my driveway yeah when 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 our friends come over <laughs> people are all oh, you remember russ yeah you know the same guy that's been coming here for the last six years yeah uh yeah. russ why are you behind the table selling <laughs> autographs in tony's driveway it worked though I can't sell them here because you know how it goes, man. A profit. profit in his hometown. Yep. Yeah. 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 Around here, people are like, oh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's that Russ guy. I think he has like a podcast or something. <laughs> but then they remember like everybody has a podcast. I still like to me. It's so funny. People are like, you have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's it's really not a thing. Well, I don't know, man. I think it is. I think, I think there's a way to make this a big deal possible. Yeah. Well, when two dudes who are a big deal start a podcast, the podcast itself, just by nature of us being a big deal, is going to be a big deal. 
True. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we can, in fact, I have an example of how big of a deal I am this past weekend because you shared an embarrassing moment. Well, we experienced an embarrassing moment of you starting this podcast, giving me a thumbs up, letting me know you're ready to go, and then discovering after hitting the record button, you needed to plug your computer in, which we could have just let that fly. But no, we, you know, every chance we get to like make fun of each other, we do it. That's just kind of like our friendship. But, I was going to say, I don't think we let that no, be known on the podcast. I think that was just you. I'm so glad you weren't with me this past <laughs> weekend because, and I'm going to say this, so it's as if you you were, but we went out for my friend Kelly's uh, birthday uh, this last weekend. We went to Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks, Michigan, which you've been there, which we mm-hmm. love. It's one of a, a yeah. favorite spot of ours. Great spot. And, um, and shout out to Kelly. She's a listener of the, of the Lark cast. So we go out there for her birthday and then we come back to town and we go to like the diviest dive bar in mm. my town, which is the silver bullet. It's like one of the few places you could still like, you know, smoke an entire pack of cigarettes in there while listening to metal Greg do karaoke. And all he does is black Sabbath songs. And he's horrible. Like he's ta- <laughs> literally he's terrible, but everyone cheers him on. Like he's everyone's just like, he's a place, fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. This place sounds amazing. Oh yeah. It's so great. It's so great. So the people I'm with, they're like not the silver bullet, you know, types. And so I'm like, Hey, let's go to the bullet. So they're slumming it in the bullet, you know, with mm. us and we're doing karaoke and all that. So I get up to the bar and I give the guy my credit card. I put a couple of beers on there. I'm like, you know, buying beers for a couple of people. It's, I give him my credit card. He takes my license too. And then I'm looking down at my cards and I look at my friend and I go, dude, I left my credit card at journeyman distillery. Oh my Ooh. God. I'm going to start freaking out. I'm like, yeah. dude, what the heck? I, I lost it. I left it there. And so then I'm like, dude, like I got to drive. I'm thinking in my head, I got to drive back there tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I'm like trying, I'm finding the phone number and I, and I call, I'm like, Hey, I, I just was there with a group of people. I left my, I left my card. Did anybody hand it in? What's the last name? Sourcey go through the whole thing. He's like, Oh no, man. Like no one's handed it in. I was like, I told him exactly where my table was. And then about five, seven minutes in, I realized that the missing credit card that I thought was missing was the credit card I handed the dude at the bar in order to start a tab for drinks. <laughs> Literally, I handed it to him. And 10 seconds later, I look at my cards and I go, oh, my card's gone. And I had just <laughs> given it to the dude. I was just like, how stupid am I? It was so embarrassing. And at first I was like, don't tell anybody. I told my friend, I was like, dude, I'm such an idiot. I'm like, dude, don't tell, <laughs> don't tell anybody. But then, of course, me. Don't tell like, anyone. Don't tell anyone. I just want everybody to laugh. I don't care if I'm the butt of the joke. I just like people laughing. So <laughs> after I got over my embarrassment, I was like, this is too good of a story to tell. And so, yeah, we all had a good, good laugh. They, I think you just call it adulthood, man. Yeah. It's uh, the other day. I'm like looking all over the place for my phone, getting just super annoyed. Technology, right? It's like my nemesis. <laughs> I'm like, Where the hell is my phone? I'm getting so annoyed, dude. Like, did you pick up my phone? Did you pick up my phone? Right down the hallway, my daughter's room. Did you pick up my phone? I'm looking like under the, under the, you know, under the bed, dude, to see if it like rolled off. You know what I'm using to look for my phone? Yeah. (laughs) The flashlight on my damn phone. (laughs) What's so funny about that is you're like this, this dang technology. I hate it. And it's like, it's not even a piece of the technology. You're just like, where's the physical case? 
where where is the physical piece of it's literally like, this technology? It's not even the usage hand. of it. And I'm just like, did that did that really just happen, dude? That's awesome. So I think that I think it's I think it's fitting to start this conversation off with two embarrassing stories of from each of our lives. Um, Cause we're not here to posture and, and pose as if we're, as if we're anybody special. I hope you guys were, we're picking up on the sarcasm of us talking about us being a big deal because if there's <laughs> anything that we believe when people are like, yeah, listen to your podcast. It was really good. I'm like, don't you have something better to do with your life than <laughs> listen to me and Russ? I'm always like, so surprised. Like, Oh, you listen to that? Really? Well, it is, it is pretty spectacular if I'd say so myself. Yeah. Because if there was ever a parable that touches on the the frailty of humanity, the silliness of humanity, um, mm. the fragility, the brokenness of humanity, um, it's not thinking you left your credit card at the restaurant that you just handed the bartender 10 seconds ago. It's mm. not finding right your phone. Uh, searching high and low throughout your entire house while using the flashlight on said phone that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, it is these two small little parables that we run into here in Matthew uh, chapter 13, and it's in verse 44 and 45. Um, we're going to try to section these things off um, and talk about them individually, but the, there's going to be a lot of overlap. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But um, the parables read like this. Verse 44, Matthew 13, 44, for all the, the Bible kids following along at home. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You want me to read the next one or you want to just pause there? Yeah, go ahead and read it. All right, 45. We'll, we'll get to that second one you know, later on in the podcast. Yeah, 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So there we go. Two small little parables. You got a man, you have a treasure, you have a field in the first one, and then you have a merchant uh, and a pearl of great value in the second. So Mm. we have a lot to get to and where to start. Man, field. Yeah, hidden treasure. I think that's, that's where my brain goes, man. There's that word hidden again. Yep, there right? it is. That we mystery. keep coming across this uh, this hidden mystery in the kingdom working like a hidden mystery. You have the field, world again. You have the universality of the kingdom. Yep. It's in the world. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think it's important, man, to just kind of note that word hidden because we definitely saw that in the in the parables with the seeds, right? In the, in the different types of soil, and we you know we saw that with the mustard seed. We saw it with the leaven, man. You know, in our last podcast. Uh, shout out to that episode, man. That was that was just so much fun, dude, to record that and to just you know unpack so many of those just cool nuggets that, that God's you know handed to us. But the thing that I thought about this week when I saw the word hidden is in Matthew chapter eleven. There's this place where these cities that were basically paying no attention to Jesus at all and the mighty works that he was doing and what he was proclaiming about the kingdom. Jesus speaking about them, he says, "I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have." There's this word ready, hidden. Mm. that you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to babies. Mm. I just, it was like, you know, another use of that word hidden. But in this case, like he's like thanking God that you've, that you've hidden the ways of the kingdom. 
And when I'm, when I'm looking at that, it's like, it's almost like he's kind of showing us that, you know, all the brilliance and, you know, all the intellect and all the, you know, <laughs> all the wit, you know what I mean? That we want to use to try to piece right. together all of our understandings of God and the world and how it all works cannot discern the kingdom at work in their midst. Hmm. They couldn't see it. You know, only the, you know, the way Capen says is only the mystery loving simplicity of children can recognize the hidden reality of the kingdom. Yeah. I was like, oh man. I think that just plays into just understanding what, what he's getting at in this little quick parable about the treasure in the field. Well, too, like think about the things that we would think would be of value to us actually end up to be hindrances. They keep us sometimes from hmm. um, embracing the king of this kingdom, from seeing it. Um, I mean, we definitely see this with the Pharisees. Like they ha- they so think they have God figured out, right? Yep. With the Old Testament the ongoing discussion of Talmud and all these ongoing like theological discussions that they won't even yield to Jesus a second, bro. They won't even just give him just a, just consider that maybe this dude is dropping something right about God right in front of them. They are like, they're just so quick to argue. Yeah. There's a, I've been thinking about that a lot lately just as we look at society and just watching friends wrestle with things that they haven't wrestled with before, watching people take up positions on things that um, sadly aren't rooted in reality, watching friends distance themselves and even alienate and exclude other people from their lives because they don't hold to these new positions that are now, you know, in some way like popular. And I'm seeing it on, on, you know, both camps, just to be clear, this isn't like a a right thing or a left thing. It seems to be an, a, an all-encompassing thing. But one of the thoughts that has hit me is uh, just how arrogance, it's almost like arrogance breeds ignorance. I used to, I used to think that in people's ignorance, um, they could be arrogant about things, which, you know, you definitely can see that. I, I've even seen that in my own life. Um, but I never really saw it like that. I'm seeing it now where I'm going, wow, there's, there's an arrogance. Like, mm. like the scriptures talk about like a pride, you know what I mean? Going before the fall, there's an arrogance that actually breeds ignorance. It, it makes you ignorant. <laughs> hmm. It keeps you in the dark. Um, and that's kind of what Jesus is getting at, you know, when, he, when I mentioned that passage in Matthew 11, you know, and how, how he thanked the Father for hiding these things and revealing it to babies. It has nothing to do with like race or sex or income, okay? Just to be clear, it's a childlikeness. It's a, it's a dropping of ourselves and all that we think we are to to just as you said man to and to not be like the pharisee and instead just realize that maybe maybe Jesus knows a little bit more about the world than you do <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe the, the maker one of who's been humanity. face to face with the father from eternity past who came right. to make him known to us Right. Um, and is talking to us in very, very simple terms, agricultural terms, small business terms is what we have today. Yeah. And it's so true, man. But I think moving on, like you have a couple things going on here. One, you have the treasure, right? Which yeah. is the king of the kingdom. Um, and then you have a field and you have this idea, this, this exchange, this selling, right? This mm-hmm. discovering and then this selling. What are you making a field here that this treasure is in this field? I think the mystery, right, of the kingdom um, is exactly what the parable of the, you know, of the treasure hidden in the field says it is. It's like the the field. I think represents man the the world, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what he's showing us. Totally. What do you? I mean, you can just read that word field. 
I mean, I have, yeah. I have, a, I have a thought on it, but I was just interested. Like when, when you see field, like, what do you think of like, Oh, here's this field. Like, it's just this real flat kind of field filled mm-hmm. with like wild, like wild, like lilies and roses. Like it's real pretty. Like if I'm a photographer, I'm going to go grab my client and bring them out to this field and snap some pics. Right. I mean, that might be like your first thought that you have. I mean, especially now, like a lot of my friends around me are getting into like real estate and like buying like property. Right. Mm-hmm. We just think like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's so valuable. But I think when we see field here, I wonder, I wonder if maybe more of a realistic view of the field might be good for us or as a good starting point. Um, yeah. Cause once upon a time I made my way in this world as a blue collar dude, I didn't always sit in front of a computer designing stuff, writing stuff, posting on social media, podcasting. I actually had like a job and calluses on my hand, right? Mm-hmm. I worked construction for a long time and I built in-ground swimming pools. So I spent like some time working in and developing fields. And I'll tell you that fields, while like valuable, they, they're not pretty. They come with all kinds of issues. They have rodents in them, sometimes infestations of rodents. They have weeds. They have hidden sinkholes, mostly due to rotten tree root systems. I can remember one time <laughs> we were on a on a job and someone discovered like this whole like system of like tree roots that just rotted. Everything had to come out. It was all kinds of extra like dirt that had to get brought in, developing. Like, man, it was mm. a lot of money. It was definitely like a hidden cost. Some some parts of the field are marshy, wet parts that they're just impossible to develop. Sometimes you can buy a property, you got houses, barns, other buildings, they're just completely unsalvageable. You have to spend yeah. money like tearing them down. You got poison ivy, poison oak, right? Some even have bad soil. Like literally, if you want to purchase a plot of land, if you want to get a yep. loan for it, you have to get it soil tested to make sure that it's it's going to be good. So if you read field and you see that the kingdom is in this field, yep. please see the ugly of what a field can and often is. And I think that that is, I think that's a commentary. I think that's a commentary on me and you, man. I think that's a commentary on, on the world itself, that this kingdom has come to a field, to a world that is not so nice. It's not so pretty. Mm, That's a really good point. Yeah. If I'm, if we, you know, back up and look at it, you know, Jesus does say that, you know, the kingdom was like, right. This treasure, you know what I mean? That that was hidden in a field that a man found. And then what did he do? He went and covered it up. Right. He went and he hit it, man. <laughs> Until he, he stumbled could. upon it. Then he, yep. then he went and hit it. Yeah. So I think, you know, just backing up again, just a little, little, little preface and to go right into what you're saying, because I think you're definitely hitting on something, man, in, in regards to this word, like whole field. So you've got a, you've got a treasure. He stumbles across it, right? He, in stumbling across it, he goes and he hides it. Okay. In the same field. All right. And then he basically works and gathers whatever he's got to, man to to purchase what the whole thing the whole field man the whole field you know it's so what we definitely see is that the that the mystery of the kingdom is like a treasure that's hidden in a field and it's it's worth selling anything you need man it's 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 worth selling whatever you've got to sell dude to possess this thing like that's how valuable it is and like a smart businessman that we see in this parable he buys not just this little clean area, you know what I mean? That he's that he's dug out and and buried this like treasure in. Okay, not a three quarter subdivided lot of <laughs> land within the field, right? But instead, like a smart businessman, he buys the whole field. And I love the way you brought that up, man. Like thorn bushes, poison ivy, sinkholes. You know, I'm I'm a Florida kid, so we learn really young in life when you go outside into a field anywhere, you know, with grass. You always go with shoes on because stickers, dude, sand spurs, 
right? As some people would call them, will absolutely oh, yeah, ruin your things. day. <laughs> but that's 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 a part of what's in this field, man. There's 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 rats, there's mice, there's spiders, there's snakes. It's uh yeah, there's something about man, just that that idea of the whole field that yeah. I think I think shows us something, man. Well, it's it goes back to the sower and the seed. Like this, this sower is liberally sowing the seed, even on the hard parts, the hardened paths. Yeah. Like this is no place for a treasure. Like if you have a treasure, like put it in a glass case, you know, like yeah. hide it, put it in somewhere nice, put it in a, a casing in an, in, in an environment that's nice, but very much like the God of this world who actually sent his son into the world, who loves this world, who reconciled this world in the life, death, and resurrection of his son, this kingdom is hidden within an ugly field. Yeah. And if you look out at the world, if you're honest with yourself, and if you, if you look at the news and you just the people that you're in community with or the people that you've rubbed shoulders mm -hmm. with, done business with, went to school with, whatever, you come to find out, man, there's a lot of ugly in people. And if you're honest with yourself, you say like, man, there's a lot of ugly in me. This, this treasure, this kingdom finds itself not separate from the world, but in an invasive, intrinsic way, right? Yeah. Take take the imagery from last week. The leaven, it is, it is in it, man. Yep. It is in it. And there's something about the love of God to really like unearth here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seems like, you know, the man in the parable is a surrogate, you know, not only for individual responses to the kingdom, you know, hidden in the world, but also I would say, you know, especially for the church's response, man, that there is this whole field, uh, ugly and all in the response, man, of stumbling across the, the beauty, the treasure, the mystery of this kingdom. The only right response is, is to do whatever's needed, man, to, to purchase the whole field, ugly and all to love it, to embrace it. As you said, to be about it, to be about, you know, it as in all of it, the whole it, <laughs> the whole yeah. field. So in hearing you say that, I have two thoughts. One is we find this treasure. It's not hidden in the, it's not hidden in the gated community of this field. There is no gated community. There's no subplot of land. That's this nice, like, right. This nice subdivision mm -hmm. for the self-righteous as Brennan Manning in the ragamuffin gospel says, right. The kingdom of the father is not a subdivision for the self-righteous. It's not for those who, you know, have cleaned up the field and cleaned up their lives. And then the kingdom came, you know, to that part. Um, it is a commentary on all of us. Hmm. It is a commentary on, on everyone. Yeah. Um, it, we don't have, the church doesn't have sole possession of this kingdom, this treasure, this secret, as if we're not as ugly as the rest of the world. We are part of this broken, sinful jacked up world that God in Christ yeah. loves. And the church did not clean its act up. It did not get smart enough to discover it. Yep. It literally is just a recipient. It is a receiver of the revelation, right? That Jesus brought as he's breaking down these nuggets about the king of this kingdom. In other yep. words, this salvation, this reconciliation comes to us by grace through faith, not good deeds, yeah. not good smarts. It goes back to the children thing that you were saying at the beginning. Yep. No, it really does. Cause you know, the, whether it's like the individual response, you know what I mean? The, of the, that we see with this man or the church's response as a whole is in like the, the movement of people, the, the body of broken people in the world that have awakened to this reality. Mm -hmm. The only natural response, man, is, is to purchase the whole field. 
to love the whole field, to embrace the whole field. Uh, I, I wish I had came up with this. I didn't. Um, but I just felt like, you know, in doing some study on this dude in a commentary, Kingdom Grace Judgment, it's described this way. He said, every now and then in missing this truth, we see church gatherings, gatherings all over the world. And the Apostles' Creed is recited. And too often someone gets the kindly meant but misguided idea of subverting the words Holy Christian Church for Holy Catholic Church. Okay. And he's not referring to Catholic as in like, um, you know, the Roman Catholic, Catholic, Roman yeah. Catholic, right. He's referring Catholic as in just universal, the word meaning universal church. But he said for centuries, Protestants, right. Have, have worked hard to remove that out of the apostles creed whenever it's recited. <laughs> he said, but in terms of the gospel, that is a disastrous switch. The church is not in any proper sense, Christian. Its members are indeed called Christians. Okay. Which was the word that was given to them by outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. But it is not some sectarian society whose members have a monopoly on the mystery. It is not a club of insiders who, because of their theology, race, color, or sex, or their good behavior, intelligence, or income bracket, he says, are the only channels through which the word conveys himself to the world. Rather, the church, this messy group of broken people all over the world, is a sign to the world of the mystery, okay? by the mystery by which the divine leaven has already leavened the whole lump of creation. Therefore, the church is precisely Catholic, meaning universal, not Christian. Hmm. It is not a sign to the few of a salvation that they have, but that the world has. Okay, Think about that. The church is not a sign of some salvation that they have and the world does not. Rather, it is the chosen sign of the salvation of the entire world, man. Right. The church, as in the just broken people who have, by faith, believed in the finished work of Jesus that reconciled us all unto himself. Okay, that's all it is, by definition. That's the church. In this church, this body of messy, broken people who represent this whole field, okay, that, right. the, that the treasure, the kingdom is hidden in. He's saying they're, they're a sign, not of their salvation. They're not a sign to look at how we arrived. Yeah, God Hopefully came down because of us. Right. Like, right. He's like, no, no, no. It's a sign of the salvation that belongs to the whole field, the whole world that the kingdom, the treasure has been hidden in. Yeah. The question is, will the church respond in a way of buying that whole beautiful, broken, ugly field so that people could possess, yeah. so they could see right mm -hmm. this, this beautiful kingdom, this mystery? I think one of the ways, well, there's a lot of ways that we convey that we are the kind of you know people that are worth dying for um <laughs> yeah. and i think one of the biggest temptations for those of us who have bought the field or yeah. have trusted in the king of this kingdom is to later on buy a lie um is that like you know we know that while we're still sinners christ died for us like while we were still broken not like well after we got our act together not after we figured out theology while we were still sinners paul says in romans right, right? But as time goes on, we can suddenly begin to believe that we are becoming the kind of people that no one would have to die for in the first place. <laughs> we begin to develop yes. this field and this plot of land into this nicely trimmed, like, you know, subdivided plot of field that's a gated community with nicely manicured lawns. And we portray this kind of like, right, we just we, we put out mm. these vibes to the world that we've somehow arrived. 
when in fact our lives, our very story, our very interaction with the world should be more something like this. Um, I know that God loves broken people because he loves me. Yeah. I know that God came to rescue jacked up sinners because he rescued me. And if God can love me and stomach me and commit himself to me, that he can commit himself to you. Cause I don't know your story, but I know mine and I know my individual stuff. Um, I'm sure you got some similar stuff to me, but mine's like very, very I'm very, very keenly aware of my yeah. broken stuff. So let us be this sign, this example to the world that yes, if he can love me, he also can love you. And the only difference between us, dude, it's just that we stumbled into the party before they did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's literally the only difference we, and that's, there's no better way to say it than how you just said it. We stumbled into the party before someone else did. Just like there were those who before us, right. Stumbled into the party mm-hmm. and then began to tell us, you know, about this. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, the, the church, you know, like the purchaser of the field, you know, can never afford to leave this whole field unbought, dude. Mm-hmm. We just can't, we, we can't, uh, you can't leave a field that's unbought in which God has hidden the treasure of the mystery, right? Of the kingdom. Um, we can't be so arrogant as to think that we have some sure knowledge of how the mystery of the word works so that we can just take this one little section that's all cleaned up, like you said, man, earlier in the podcast, that where we hid the, where we hid the, you know what I mean? This, this treasure, like we just, we can't, we, we don't, we're not that smart, man. We're not that good. Instead, we just need to Look at the whole field, love the whole field, man, buy the whole field. It's the only right response. Yeah. I think otherwise we, be- we, we, we paint this very false picture of just what the word, what the mystery of the word is actually up to in the world. Right. We yeah. paint this false picture of who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we can easily miss what he's actually doing and missing mm-hmm. a whole section of the field. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the only response in this, in this parable, Jesus says, is, and when this guy stumbled across this, and saw the value of it. Yeah, he went and hit it. Um, and he was really strategic, man, and how he went about, mm-hmm. you know, gathering his assets, dude, so he could go back and buy that whole field. Right. But his only response, man, was to buy the whole field, dude. Um, and I think just knowing that the church is a sign of the salvation of the whole world, mm-hmm. that it exists for the world because it's part of the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think- we forget that we are part of the world. Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to like, we, we start to think that we're not, and we start to really like seclude ourselves. We, we tend to start to cluster with people who believe like us, live like us, or at least want to believe and want to live like us. And we begin to create these insular communities and we start to get plugged into like local communities and local churches that are framing our maturity and our growth in terms of a busyness in a church calendar. And the next thing you know, man, like your whole life is just like you're you're living in this gated community within this field. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, A, you're not as ugly as the rest of the field. So you're believing that lie. Right. But you can't even get outside of your community to, you know, to realize um, what's really going on. And I think, so there's that, but I think another thing is, I think we should be scandalized by the love of this King. Like it should not sit well with us because we find this treasure hidden in this field and in embracing this King who loves and has reconciled the whole world to himself. Those who embrace him will forever be like scandalized and challenged and confronted by the way in which he loves, because if we claim to be trusters, and followers of this king, we can be sure to find him in the muck and the mire of our neighbors' lives, our mm-hmm. enemies' lives, 
or the people who we have in our mind built us, built them up as enemies or the kind of people that we don't want to spend time with, or we don't want them to have influence on our family or our kids or our country or whatever. The King is there. He is among them. He is at work there. And Oh, by the way, in your bias towards them, you have forgotten that you were once (laughs) right. The object of his mercy. You've, you've, you've started to believe that lie again. That you are yeah. someone who didn't have to need a death or a cross or a resurrection in the first place. Yeah, dude. If 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 I this is gonna sound kind of harsh, um, but I firmly believe this because I've seen it play out more times than I can even count. I'm not an expert in ministry. I do have a little over 20 years in it, leading in it, and I will say that I, in my personal opinion, dude, the thing that probably marks. Christianity, ministry, the practices of what often is um, very popular in church settings is nothing other than the constant nullifying the gospel. It's like we we discover this treasure and realize that it is more valuable than anything we could even comprehend. Hmm. We're willing to give everything, dude, to purchase the whole field, okay? So that others can experience this, this treasure that's hidden. And then it's almost like immediately we're taught how to live our lives as if we never needed a cross. Yeah. It's like every sermon, dude, is about a better you, mm. some better version of you. Yep. And it's just, that's not biblical, man. Mm-hmm. Every sermon, right? It's totally, you know, which is the other day we were right, the three of us, you know, he's texting us, was saying that every sermon at its core, dude, is about the death and resurrection of Jesus and the forgiveness that we have, the very life that we have in him because of him, period. Mm-hmm. But it's like at every turn, dude, at every turn is some is some new lesson from the scriptures, some new study, some new devotion, some new accountability group, some new some small new next setting step you need to take that's designed to help you nullify the gospel. <laughs> it makes zero sense. <laughs> It makes no, I, I just, I, I don't every, have any other word, phrase for it. It just makes every no sense. sermon is like the next step in the developmental process of creating our own gated community yeah. within this field, acting as if, right, we yep. are not part of this world, acting as if we are not part of, you know, this, this broken field. When um, have you ever been in a meeting, dude, where is something didn't come up? Where, right, where somebody you know didn't do what it is that they said they were going to do, or they didn't follow through on something. They, or, and even if they're taught to own that, what do we always do? We immediately bring up like, but what we're going to do? We bring up like what we did two weeks ago, and I just got to get back to that man this week, right? Yeah, or the plan we've devised. Yes. It's like, yeah, I'm here right now, but I got a plan. I got a plan yeah. to get out. Here's my plan. Yeah. And it's like, you just... I find myself more than ever now just looking at people across the table and just stopping them. I feel like every five minutes and saying, please stop. You don't have to nullify the gospel, man. Hmm. In Colossians, it says that your very life is hidden. There's that word again in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's in him that you dwell, man. You don't, you don't need a checklist here. Yep. If you're struggling with something, then just say you're struggling with it and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Man, I want to I want to stick on this, but I know that we got to get to a bunch of other stuff. So I'm just going to do a hard pivot here. And I just I just want to point out just in the in the selling of all this guy's possessions to purchase this field. And this could be a cool segue into the the merchant and the pearl because he does the same thing is I think in this in the selling um, both people sell. I think it's a perfect illustration for what the Bible referred to as um, repentance. And mm-hmm. I know sometimes that that can be like such a bitter word, you know, repentance. Um, 
But yeah, it's, if you, if you grab anything, to it. yeah, if you grab anything from these two parables, notice in, in 44, the man who sells everything, he does it in joy. Yeah. He does it in joy. You might've been sold this bill of goods about the idea of faith and repentance as this like real bitter move away from stuff that's like really awesome. And you'd really love to do and really love to just give your life to over to like the boring old bowl of oatmeal that is known as trusting in Jesus and like <laughs> loving God. Right. Like, uh, dang dude. Like I got to leave all this like awesome stuff. I got to come over here to this, you know, just milk toast, vanilla life with God. But notice in the parable, man, like the king of this kingdom is a treasure. He's a pearl yeah. of great value. And both of these people discovered it like who he truly is. Mm-hmm. And once they saw this treasure hidden in this field, and once they found this pearl of great value, dude, everything else after that, dude, it just paled in comparison and became in their minds very, very disposable. Again, yeah. 44, in his joy, he sold everything that he has. And I love these parables because they were they they were so good for my heart when I was a new Christian because man. I had things, did things, believed things that I once built my whole identity on. And once I got a glimpse of the king that Jesus is describing in these parables, all that stuff I once thought was my entire life, it all seems so insignificant in comparison, right? It, I was just like, dude, take it all, right? Because I found a pearl of great value, man. I found a treasure. I found a God who made me and reconciled me and offers me forgiveness um, and love and commitment and I can't even really explain to you like that moment when he revealed himself to me, but it was very much like this man selling everything he owns and this merchant selling everything he owns. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and I think it's like when you find something of value like that, when it, when the, when the, when the value of it really hits you to the point that it leads you to take the steps that both of these individuals took, I think you see the gratitude in that play out you know like when you look when you look back you know i know we're moving on to this you know to the, to the parable you know of the of the pearl of great value but i feel like there's a connection between both of them because if you back up to like the dude with the field he found the treasure hidden right and he goes and right and he, and he does whatever he needs to do man to collect all that he that he can to buy this field hmm. And he doesn't really reveal to anyone what he's up to. You know, he doesn't parade around beating people over the head with the news of his correct information about the treasure, you know, <laughs> like, like the church can oftentimes do, you know, because he needed the whole field, man. And, um, and so he acted in a way that would not jeopardize his eventual acquisition of it. He acted in a way of like, there's like this gratitude and there's this like cleverness even, right? of doing all that he needs to do to, to obtain this thing. In other words, like he doesn't miss out on the opportunity and he sees to it that he doesn't miss out on the opportunity because he knows like how beautiful and valuable it is. Mm. And when you flip over to like the next story, in this case, like the pearl definitely represents the kingdom, right? This hidden mystery. Um, but it's almost like in my interpretation of this parable, Jesus is saying the seller is kind of like the church and the buyer is the is the world itself as in just the world that's no different than the church it just it's the part of the world that hasn't yet believed in the mystery it hasn't yet stumbled across this um but that i i feel like that's what he's kind of getting at in this particular story and you know when you start to when you start to look at it the um you know again the world becomes the buyer rather than the seller of the mystery and i think we forget that all of humanity dude from the garden until now all of 
all of humanity, all human beings at all times and in all places are in the kingdom business, shopping day and night, dude, for the mystery that's known as the city of God. We even oh, yeah, see that like in you're, Rome. You're, you're honing in on the fact that this merchant, he's in search of this pearl. Yeah, that's the that's a the first guy it? stumbles upon it. Right. And this merchant is just he's 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 looking after it. He's getting yeah. he's trying. He's to find in it. the pearl business, he's in the bro. pearl business. Yeah. Like he knows what's up. Mm hmm. He knows something of great value when he sees it. This is what he, this is his livelihood and he's in search of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like even in Romans one, like we see that where, where Paul points to just the heart of humanity has always been in search of some form of truth. Mm. Every religion, every philosophy, every strategy that's out there, man, it's always can be tied to humanity from the garden. People are in search of that, which seems like is life is beauty is real, is true, is eternal, something that brings meaning, something that, that sheds light on purpose, something that points to the origin and destiny. Mm -hmm. Like every human heart, dude, longs for this mm -hmm. and is in search of this. And I feel like that's what we see in the merchant is it represents that people are seeking out what is true and good and beautiful. They might be, as the scriptures say, like uh, broken in the sense of like how they might pursue that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or or might be doing it out of a spirit of self-reliance as in like actual, you know, the sin nature. Sure. But it nevertheless, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that there is a world dude in search of the kingdom. It seems like. Yeah. And the church. Okay. Would be the, the, the people in the world that have, a, that have stumbled into this party first. <laughs> and there's this opportunity, man, to, to offer this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something that's really beautiful that happens when people can find it. Yeah. But I also can definitely testify to watching many people in the name of Jesus screw up the deal. <laughs> Do you remember that old, um, what was the old adage, little phrase, um, man, like stumbling upon a treasure in a field or stumbling upon a pearl of great value. It's just like mm -hmm. one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. If, yes, if dude. I think talking about, you know, these things as if it's like a smart business decision for you to, you know, um, believe in Jesus versus not, or if you want to theologize or argue with someone or, you know, get into mm. the weeds on technicalities and evidence and all this other stuff. Or even if you want to come from the place of like fear, like, dude, you better do this or else, you know, kind of a thing, man, may we ever and forever talk about, right. This thing, like stumbling upon a pearl, stumbling upon a treasure hidden in a field and notice again, like, you know, I think what's interesting about this merchant is this guy makes he, he his livelihood is finding, selling, trading pearls. Mm -hmm. Like this is your job, man. Like you can't get, you can't get that much. You can't get that much like closer than like identity livelihood, your whole person. I mean, mm -hmm. think about like here in the U S like People build their identities around their work. It's like one of the very first things that we ask somebody when we, when we meet them, Hey man, what do you do for a living? We're trying to size each other up. We're trying to categorize yeah. each other, right? Because the kind of job that you have is the kind of paycheck that you get. And where are you at in the socioeconomic, you know, um, you know, field, so to speak. Yep. But I think it's not that far off to imagine this merchant liquidating all of his business assets to purchase a pearl that he has no intention of trading or selling in the future. Mm. You don't get the sense that he's going to, he wants this one to go and do more business. It's almost like it's completely satisfied his searching. It's yeah. completely satisfied his journey. He puts himself out of business for the sake of this pearl. And I, 
it, that's that Romans something. one, man. Romans one. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a taste for truth in the human spirit. And it seems like, man, this merchant dude, like this, this representative of the world at large is in search of that. And I think you're right. I think what we find in the story from what we can tell is, is someone who in searching for it, finding it. And it's the chief end of the search, man. Yeah. The search is done. Yep. I'm complete. Everything that I've been looking for, everything I have been longing for, here it is. Hmm. And I'm willing to let go of everything I have because it just fails in comparison to the value of this. Hmm. It's worth twice what they're asking. (laughs) That seems to be like what he's saying. It's worth twice what they're asking. Here it is. I think it's, I think it's quite beautiful, man, when you look at it, but at the same time, um, I think it tells us a lot about the conversations in history in regards to the church and what the church is actually selling. Because yeah. I don't know about you, dude, but my experience in ministry is, um, is, is a world with a taste for truth not being satisfied by what it is that they're hearing. A world yeah. in search of truth that's, that's not finding this kind of a joy, dude, and what it's being handed in the name of Jesus. And it's kind of sad. You know, I think in our, I think in our desire to be accepted and loved, we actually reduce this pearl of great value to be just a run of the mill pearl that just people can just add to their collection. We want to, we want to fashion Jesus. We want to fashion what he's about in the likeness of what they've already discovered of what they're already grabbing onto. And so for risk of not being accepted or being called crazy or, you know, like whatever, which that might be something you're building your life on. That might be part of the assets that the man of the field and the merchant that has the pearls had to liquidate and sell. It might be the love and approval of, of your neighbor. Yep. And because we so want to be loved and we so want to be liked, we fear bringing challenge, not challenge in like terms of being like an asshole. I mean, challenge in terms of like, no, dude, this pearl is better than yeah. what you have. And that stuff yeah. you have is going to, it's not going to bring you joy. Actually, there's joy in selling all that to get this thing. And this thing is not what you have. It's something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the mystery, you know, as Capen said, has been sold at spear point, <laughs> at gunpoint, and at economic pressure point. And such hard sales have been justified on the basis of the mystery of the universal kingdom at work. It's good for everybody in the world, the church has said, in effect. So who cares how we get them to buy it? But the mystery is a mystery of love. It wants nothing less than a free offering of complete simplicity. If it waited for aeons, even to show its face, it can certainly wait a few more days, months, or years for people to decide they actually like its name. Dude, I think we forget this, man. Like Jesus doesn't need a spin doctor, right? People who have a taste for truth, people who are longing for destiny, for meaning, for origin, for purpose, for forgiveness, man, for solidarity with their maker, right? And their fellow man. When they, when they see this value, dude, that, that, that's, all there, that's all it is that we need to do. Like we don't, and I think what happens is like spot on what you were saying is, is, is we either come in with this like crazy hard sell and insult their intelligence, okay? And we, and we, and we, we, we paint these pictures of all these things that they need to do, this, you know, this, this checklist that they need, to, they need to complete and these conditions that they need to meet and this ladder that they need to climb mm-hmm. in regards to all of their thinking and behavior. And then they can have this great value, right? Right which is just total BS. That's not at all what Jesus is or who he is or, or, or how we're to present him. Or you get the opposite. You get what you were just talking about a minute ago where we short sell it. And in a sense, like 
in the name of keeping our friends happy or getting them to, to agree and say Jesus is Lord. We basically paint him in their image. We listen to the demands of our friends, to the things that they think God should be about and what God should be like and what he should be for and not for. And then we just paint Jesus in that image. And then we pat ourselves on the back because our friends are now coming to our new, cool, different kind of church, man, that meets at our house or at this bar, you know, or at this theater, whatever it is. And we're going, yeah, man, but at least they're coming, dude. At least they're here. And I'm like, but yeah, but they're they're not following Jesus though. They're worshiping an image of themselves. All they've done is create Jesus in their image and agree to follow after the God of their image, which is actually of no value at all. Mm. It's like, we kind of like, you know what I mean? We do this either or thing where it's undersell or oversell dude with, with all these added, you know what I mean? Requirements. And it's like, man, just let the lion out of its cage, bro. And a good, uh... let Jesus be who he is and just tell them about this reckless grace of who this God is, man. And what he's like and what he's done. Yeah. And I think a good litmus test to whether or not you're really describing the actual treasure hidden in the field of the pearl of great value is, is the one and only response to the way I'm describing him. Is it faith? Yes. Is it childlike faith is the only response simply the simple understanding. I mean, think about it in terms of a child playing with toys. Both of us have kids, right? You have Eli yours. This illustration might be a little bit closer to home than you. Um, when Eli has a toy and he sees some other kid playing with another toy, what does he do? He drops yeah. his and goes after that thing, right? Just that <laughs> yes. simple, like, that's better. I want that. That's it. Um, I think that you see this going on here. So uh, however you imagine this king being like, or whatever you're passing on to people, if the way to interact with or jump into this program, this thing um, to, to sign up for it, if it's anything other than the simple saying yes to something better yeah. than what they had before, dude, you might be describing something different. Yep, that's it. It's, it really is that simple. It really is that mysterious. And uh, and it really is that beautiful. For by grace, you've been saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift, gift of God. Gift. And why? So that no one can boast. Yeah. There's no boasting. There's no bragging. There's no, no pride. There's no earning. We're all just recipients, dude. There's no earning and there's no repaying. Nope. We've all stumbled into the party. Maybe we were in search of it. Maybe we weren't, yep. but both stumbled into the party, both stumbled into the revelation that it's actually Jesus. The thing that we've been searching after in paychecks and pleasure and people and properties and possessions and all that. And once yep. you find that he's better than all that, all of it seems just it pales man in comparison and from the outside it seems like such a big sacrifice but dude in your joy you will sell everything you have to grab onto this king and the only thing that is required is just saying simply yes yes to him yes so there it is the kingdom there it is of god is like a treasure hidden in a field man it's like a pearl of great value and you're right the only thing that we've been invited to do is simply say yes amen and invite others to the party so until next time cheers cheers cheers